from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. Actually, one of our sea turtles is a uh, tsunami, has been quite interested in the Santa costume. So we do have to be wary that she's not trying to uh, take a bite out of Santa. <laughs> I love this, the occupational hazards of being scuba claws. It's more than just having a suit on. You really have to feel it inside. You have to have that calling to be a Santa. You know, um, once I'm in this, my attire, I am Coco Santa. All of the problems that Kevin may be dealing with or just the realities of the difficulties of life, that's Kevin. Coco Santa is having a wonderful time all of the time. I'm Sarah Fenske. Last week, during rush hour, drivers near the Frontenac Mall could have been forgiven some confusion as they pulled up to the intersection of Clayton and Lindbergh. It wasn't a car accident that compelled their attention or a panhandler. It was a dozen surprisingly svelte Santas lined up in the crosswalk and dancing surprisingly well to this holiday earworm. The Santa dance troupe is called DJ Reggie and the Hip Hop Mamas. If you want to see them in action, they're in the crosswalk. We've actually tweeted a video of them performing at the intersection of Clayton and Lindbergh. You can find that at STL on air. But they're just one example of the many creative ways that Santa is taking flesh in St. Louis this holiday season. That includes Scuba Claus, who's performing underwater at the St. Louis Aquarium. We'll meet him in just a bit. First up, though, we have two local Santas with us now. Kevin Nolan is a St. Louis-based Santa who goes by Coco Santa. He's a graduate of the School of Santas, a member of the Nationwide Santas Association, and a Navy veteran. Kevin, welcome. Hello, hello, everyone. There is the spirit of Christmas right here in the studio. We're also joined today by Reggie Van Dersen. He's the owner, producer, and artistic director of Pure Entertainment Company. And he's also the Reggie behind DJ Reggie and the Hip Hop Mamas. Yes. So, Reggie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Reggie, so there's so many Santas doing interesting things with Santa. But you don't just have the challenge of playing this part. You're actually dancing in St. Louis traffic. That seems terrifying. It, You know, it is a wonderful thing, I will say. It's a wonderful thing. It seems terrifying. And before we started, everyone, all the ladies were like, I don't know if we want, but it's like being on stage, except the lights are headlights. The lights are headlights. (laughs) And we know that St. Louis drivers don't always like to stop at intersections. Yes. Have you had any close calls? Well, let's put it this way. Um, A couple packages might have been nipped on the side, our borders. But I think after the first light, the first time they got the idea. So they got the idea. That's good. So Reggie, you've got DJ Reggie in the Hip Hop Mamas. How did you decide, what made you decide to go into business as this hip hop dancing Santa? Oh my goodness. My uh, entertainment company starts back where I used to go to events and get hired to motivate, to motivate people and to get them going. And I also, I have to say my mom is because of this. Uh, My mom used to teach slimnastics classes and I was the oldest. Slimnastics? Yes. Back in the day, it was slimnastics. Mm -hmm. Yes. So her class was rather small. So she made me 
do it with her. That turned into a dance class. So then I got into hip hop. Hip hop became so much uh, of my life. And I opened a hip hop studio about 10 years ago, 11, maybe 12 years ago in Brentwood. And it was uh, an all hip hop dance studio. And it I taught adult classes mm -hmm. and the adult classes turned into a workout class. And then the workout class, I started getting ladies that came in and they love the music. They love the dance. You can go in and get your dance on and didn't know you were working out at the same time. What a great workout. Absolutely. And it wasn't an easy, you know, we went at it. Uh, and that turned into me thinking, um, wow, we do all these moves. We need to take them somewhere. So like once every two months, we would go out and dance somewhere as a happy hour. And that turned into going clubbing, you know, I, I mean, we didn't go over the river or anything like that, but it really meant going out and actually doing our moves out in public. So that's how that evolved into, hey, we started doing things as group as a group. And, you know, one cup, cuppy, one of our sharper cupcake, one of our my oldest friends said, my son has a Santa costume. Wouldn't it be neat if we all had Santa costumes? And I said, yeah, it would be neat that if we had Santa costumes and we went out and did a little crosswalk dance theater. Yeah. And there it was. There it, it was. There it was. And I mean, it took kind of decades, decades to come together. Decades to come together. When it came together, it was genius. It was genius. And I, 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 I said, we can do something. We can do something with this. So we were like, well, if we're going to do it, let's do it for someone. So we looked at organizations, you know, dancing for organizations. And we were so every time we go out, it's for a fundraising for organizations for people to donate. Uh, we've done several organizations. NAMI was our latest one, National Association for Mental Ill Illness. We've done um, many. And that's what brings us joy as well doing it for them and for the people that get to watch us. So not just joy for your troop, but definitely for people who are out there. Kevin, I know you're doing the same thing because you're actually the Santa that my kids uh, got to come and visit this year. And boy, you bring so much joy. What got you into portraying Santa? Well, you know, it started off as just being active with my wife and I, uh, Gloria. We were at my daughter's daycare about eight years ago, and I just had a little Walmart suit and Went there, and my beard was still fully black, and took a few pictures, and then all of a sudden, I started getting these emails and calls from parents like, you know, we don't see a Santa of color around. It's not a real common occurrence, and I thought about that. I'm like, you know, you really don't see that. So then I began to invest in myself, a professional Santa school, mentors, mother Santa, professional suit, and add a little tricks to the trade. And I've been getting myself out there ever since. And the smiles I get from the kids, the smaller children and the big kids has been absolutely magical. So I love this. It, it sounds like, the, you know, you saw this need for representation, but... There was also maybe something where you had a real talent for this, too. It wasn't just that people needed a Coco Santa. They needed you to be the Coco Santa. Well, you know, I like to think that it's more than just having a suit on. You really have to feel it inside. You have to have that calling to be a Santa. Uh, besides the suit, there's so many layers to being the character, to bringing that realism to the kids and to bring that realism to the adults. Because a lot of adults I've seen have never even imagined me being 
a, a seeing a Santa of color anywhere. So I like to see the amazement in their eyes also. So, Reggie, this is somewhat unusual in that we have two Santas of color yes. here in our studio. Yes. Is that something that prior to you donning this suit, had you seen a lot of black Santas no, running around? No, I have not. I have not. And I think I'm going to tell you what the joy is that I get out of it. Kids still, all kids still love it. Mm-hmm. All kids still love it. They see Santa as the representation, <laughs> the color. Uh, they, you know, everyone loves it, and it's, and it makes me proud because my boys are older. I have a three and a half year old daughter, and she, it just hit her like a couple weeks ago, Santa. So there is a role that you do have to take, <laughs> and they're always watching. And, <laughs> yeah, and, that's hard when and, they're right and, in yes, the house. They're always watching, and the joy that you bring to it. Um, it, it is a responsibility because, you know, you can be a naughty Santa and not be nice about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I would have to say I and the mamas get just as much out of it as mm-hmm. they get from us that we get from them because we are filled with, you know, joy and happiness as well. Kevin, do you feel that same responsibility when you're out and about being Santa? You can't be shaking your fist at, at your fellow St. Louis drivers. Exactly. You, you have to be a really a, a person who's above all of that. You know, um, once I'm in this, my attire, I am Coco Santa. All of the problems that Kevin may be dealing with or just the realities of the difficulties of life, that's Kevin. Coco Santa is having a one of a time all of the time. I'm here to spread the positivity to those that are around and just show the Christmas spirit and trying to be more glass half full to anyone that's around. So, Kevin, thinking about, um, you talked about professionalizing um, your Santa. This involved going to Santa school. This Santa school is in Branson. You went there in person for this? Yes, I went there at the Sat Bob School, Santa and the Business of Being Santa. It is a really layered classroom, and it is more than just going ho, ho, ho. It's a lot of history about the history of Santa, hmm. of learning the character, developing yourselves with your appearance, and your monologue also, being able to talk to the kids and go through different scenarios because different kids come from different backgrounds, and you want to be able to uh, reach out to any and all of them. So it sounds like you feel like that class, that was, that was valuable training. It definitely makes a difference because... You don't really understand, well, you may not understand all of the different layers of being Santa because you watch the TV, you just, you know, it's just a guy in a red suit that goes ho, ho, ho. But there's a lot of background behind those ho, ho, ho's. A lot of listening, a lot of picking up on cues, a lot of understanding what the child is saying and what they may not be saying that I need to reply to. Reggie, it sounds like you identify with this. Well, I identify because I... Uh, own Pure Entertainment Company, and it's interactive entertainments, prop decor, lighting, but uh, interactive DJs is my claim to fame. Mm-hmm. And sounds like the same skills that are involved in uh, engaging, entertaining, and uh, connecting um, with people I feel the in these suits, we have to do the same thing. Yes. So I think he had the great opportunity to be able to go to a school, but I think I kind of learned that over the years of the being school of life. In, absolutely, being in the entertainment business and being, you know, I, I, I don't think um, people would enjoy a Santa that was not uh, in great spirit or not able to see and understand and read children and read people, mm-hmm. you know, make people smile in their cars uh, or when they see us on the street, how to respond. I want to hear his ho, ho, ho later. You know? For sure. Yeah. I mean, should we hear the ho, ho, ho yes. now? Can I hear yours? <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Okay. okay. Ho, ho. 
sorry. That mic does add a complication, yeah, but those, sorry were, about those that. were some pretty good. Every, I think they just threw their headphones out. Right, Our audio engineer is like, you whoa, guys. you, oh you got to warn me when you're going to do that. Yes, okay. <laughs> no, that, uh, <laughs> that was remarkable. <laughs> Kevin, w- one of the things I find myself um, when I'm interacting with kids is they can ask the most inappropriate questions that they don't even realize are inappropriate. And they can also ask some really serious questions where you can kind of find yourself going, how do I even answer this in a way that's age appropriate? Do you find sometimes when, when kids are talking to Santa, it's just it's kind of hard to be ready? Well, you know, as a Santa of color, I do get the common questions about my appearance being different than the one they've been seeing televised. Or kids ask you in directly. a lot of their books. I, absolutely. Kids don't have a lot of filters. They no. come straight at you. So yeah. I just have to explain that, you know, I come in different shapes and sizes and colors, but I believe that this year you needed to see me like this. So I'm coming to you in this form. Is that all right with you? And then we will go on from there. And the, and the kids accept that. They do. Most of them do. You know, you, you never can win over everyone, but it's just a matter of uh, protecting yourself as a... Uh, as well as you can in those situations. Is it hard to get that question? You know, it sounds like it comes time and again. And are you like, you know, come on, the world well, should be ready for Coco Santa. Well, you know, I think the world is is getting ready for Coco Santa. I think they are ready, but just a, it's a normal child's curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know, they may just not, I mean, it's been, everyone's been in the house for a couple of years, haven't been able to get out. So it's a lot of firsts for a lot of those kids this year. So I'm able to address them as, hey, we're back outside. By the way, this is where I am this year. This is how I'm appearing to you this year. So, Reggie, in our final minute, you're not just playing Santa. You're also doing it with a troop of, of yes. female Santas. Yes. Did they get some of that same oh, reaction? Without a doubt, yes. And I think, like, for from, my, from what I've seen from being in a suit, um, the mamas, when they're out and kids see, like, especially girls as well, they see a female Santa. You know, they're excited. They're excited. They see they see all these Santas, and we're all um, positive, and we're all waving and happy and walking around with bells. And it just makes, it's weird. We walk. It's not weird. It's beautiful, actually. We walk, and there's just smiles and waves and People hugging us, you know, kids hugging us. It, it's a wonderful feel. The mothers love it. And people, it sounds like people find a way to roll with this. Yes. They're, they're presented with something that's maybe outside the box yes. that they were raised with. They adjust. They adjust. Well, we do want to mention uh, DJ Reggie and the Hip Hop Mamas, also known as the Dancing Santas. They're going to perform this evening at the Missouri Botanical Garden. Um, And you can also find Coco Santa at the Galleria Mall. That's every Sunday and Monday. Lots of opportunities to check these two guys out in action. Um, And also, we want to remind you that in just a bit, we're going to be talking to Scuba Claus. We are not done with the Santa content today. (laughs) So, Reggie Van Dersen, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Reggie is the owner, producer, and artistic director of Pure Entertainment Company. He's also the Reggie behind DJ Reggie and the Hip Hop Mamas, also known as the Dancing Santas. And we're also joined today by Coco Santa, Kevin Nolan. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And Kevin, again, is, is he's Coco Santa. He's a graduate of the School of Santas, a member of the Nationwide Santas Association, a Navy veteran, something we didn't even get a chance to talk about today. He also works for the Metropolitan St. Louis Sewer District. These are some busy Santas. Well, <laughs> coming up next, we'll meet Scuba Kloss. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio.
Welcome back. In St. Louis these days, Santa isn't just dancing at intersections. He's also swimming with sharks. Producer Emily Woodbury recently visited the St. Louis Aquarium, where she found scuba claws underwater with the tiger sharks, along with a chatty elf. The sharks are kind of afraid of us. We have these super loud bubbles coming from us. And these weird little tubes coming from us as well. You can see Santa has a yellow tube and I have a yellow and a blue tube. That's kind of how it is with our sharks in here. They just try to avoid us because they aren't sure if we're a danger or not. One of the exceptions is our zebra sharks back there, Flash. Our zebra sharks, they came to us from the Georgia Aquarium, so they've been around humans. They actually really like to get tactile enrichment, which is enrichment through touch. So they'll come up to us and we can run a hand along them. It also makes it easier for us to stretch or train them for any husbandry or veterinary needs as well. And that is Peyton Lemoyne, diving elf at the St. Louis Aquarium, talking to visitors from underwater in Shark Canyon. Producer Emily Woodbury and Brian Munoz, a photographer, visited on December 5th. And here to tell us more about the whole scuba claws phenomenon is Logan Philpot. He's a biologist and diver one at the St. Louis Aquarium at Union Station. Logan Philpot, welcome. Hi there. So tell us about scuba claws. What is your role at the St. Louis Aquarium as, as relates to this underwater exhibit? Ah, so uh, we all, uh, biologists, I mean, uh, have take care of different galleries and exhibits here at the aquarium. And occasionally, like you aforementioned, uh, talked about we get to dive as Santa or the elf. And that is on a rotating schedule. So um, occasionally, sometimes we're Santa, sometimes we're the elf. But um, for the most part, you know, it depends on what who is there that day and who gets to actually dive and who wants to do the dive show that day. And so you alternate these parts. You've played both an elf and you've played Santa. Which do you like best? You know, I think they both have their pros and cons. I personally like being the elf because I get to communicate. Um, unfortunately, Santa's hair prevents it from using the full face mask, so it's very hard to actually talk to Santa. But as the elf, you know, I can really just let my um, my my voice be heard and interact with all the guests and answer questions and all that fun stuff. And so you're in there. I mean, you mentioned the beard gets in the way of, of Santa being able to talk as he's in scuba equipment. Does it add a, a great deal of complication to be doing this in all that regalia, the Santa suit and Santa boots? <laughs> so it definitely makes it, uh, you have definitely have to dive a lot slower and be more conscious of where you are. It is hard to see in with all that hair, especially when it's going all over the place with the water. Uh, but, you know, once you're down at the bottom and you're waving to kids, you generally don't have to worry about too much. Um, it's just make sure, making sure that you're interacting with the guests the best you can, you know, pantomiming some stuff, waving and all that good stuff. So you're in there with these sea creatures. Is it mostly sharks that are in there when you go down to Santa? Yeah, so we do have 18 individuals of seven species of sharks. Um, so that is m mainly the attraction in Shark Canyon, uh, but we also have thousands of reef fish. Uh, we also have two different sea turtles as well. So it's actually quite a variety of different types of sea creatures in there. And so how do they react to the fact that, you know, I'm sure they're used to a diver coming into their tank. How do they react to the fact that there's one coming in with like wild hair and like a bright <laughs> red suit? Does, does that make an impact for them? 
Well, I would say the first time we did it, absolutely. Uh, every, I think everybody in the exhibit was definitely surprised to see us. Um, we have, especially some of our larger animals, were very um, much not fans of it. Uh, they would usually how, how go they to the other that? side. How did they show that? What did they do? So typically, uh, it is their home, so we do try to respect their space. Um, however, we do need to be down at the J window, is what we call it, to do the shows. So occasionally we'll have, say, a sleeping zebra shark down there, or our goliath grouper, Edgar, and we will just generally kind of slowly move towards them, and most of the time they will swim to the other side of the exhibit, just because, you know, when you're <laughs> when you're covered in a bunch of flowing white hair and red clothes, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty loud to them. So their unhappiness, it doesn't manifest itself in, in taking a little bite. Oh, no, not at all. No, m for the most part, most of the animals, as sharks especially, really don't want anything to do with us, especially when we bring down all of the bubbles and the cords and whoever's on the face mask, the animals can actually hear. So uh, there's that component as well. And it's, we're just very noisy <laughs> and loud for most animals, which is why they don't want to hang out with yeah, us. Yeah, you sound like a lot there. of fun. I can see why they would just want to give you a, a birth there. Now that they're more used to you, though, does anybody come over and, uh, you know, come say hi? Well, our actually one of our sea turtles is uh, Tsunami has been quite interested in the Santa costume, and I'm not sure if it's the just the fuzziness of the suit or the hair that's just she's starting to get curious, she's starting to get comfortable. So we do have to be wary that she's not trying to uh, take a bite out of Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I love this the occupational hazards of being scuba claws. So Logan, for you, I imagine your interest in working with aquatic life long predates your interest in playing Santa. Do I have that right? Uh, that would be correct, yes. So what got you into this field in the first place? Well, uh, I've always had an, kind of an interest in fish, not that it manifested in the past maybe five to six years where I started to work at some lo local fish shops, you know, learning my species, learning how to take care of them, and that grew into me now owning three of my own personal fish tanks at home, as well as taking care of some of the fish here in a public aquarium. So I understand you went to college at Mizzou. How do you go from that to like becoming a, a you know, you're down there uh, doing scuba? I feel like people don't necessarily associate Missouri with being deep underwater. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So I actually got certified in the Keys um, mm. when I was on vacation, which was nice. So <laughs> And that came in handy then for this job. Oh, absolutely. It was kind of a super lucky just, you know, experience to be able to not only go do that. And I was like, oh, this is nice to have. And then, of course, a couple years later, it became one of my, you know, staples at my job. That's so cool. Well, if people want to check out Scuba Claws, we have a video up on our Twitter page. Just go to at STL on air on Twitter and you can see Scuba Claws in the flesh. And of course, my guest today, Logan Philpot, is one of the people playing that role, also playing a scuba elf. Um, Logan, you're there with these animals um, all day for your job. Who's your favorite animal in the St. Louis <laughs> Aquarium? So I, I hate to be biased, but I do have a favorite. My favorite animal by far is our juvenile porcupine uh, pufferfish. Uh, we like to call him Roger. He's only about six inches long, which is pretty small, but he's, he's absolutely adorable. And what makes him so, is it just that he's cute? Well, it's, uh, it's not only the fact that he's cute, but he, all the pufferfish, and a lot of fish for that matter, have their own personalities. And Roger's personality is, uh, it's food motivated, but also 
a lot of hesitation towards anything that's larger than he is. Mm. So it's it's kind of like getting him used to, hey, I'm okay, You're, I'm safe, uh, I give you food, and then he'll come up with his adorable little wiggle. <laughs> you do make him sound so cute. I wish we had a video to share of that. We'll have to get on that because I want to see this little puffer fish. What's the most unusual animal that you get to work with there at the aquarium? Mm, I would probably have to say our giant Pacific octopus. Uh, yeah, that's far. that is an unusual thing to get to interact with. Mm-hmm. Do, yeah, do you have? Is. I mean, is this something where you're having that same sort of thing with him, where you're able to react, or, or you're acting and he reacts? Yeah, no, absolutely, and he's on another level too because he's about as smart as a house cat or a, even a five-year-old child. So we have to, you know, make sure we give him the right enrichment, the different kinds of stimulation mentally that he wants to do or physically, and we just kind of have to. Uh, vibe off of him and play with him essentially. What's an example of, of something you might do for enrichment? Ooh, so, uh, well, one of his favorite toys, uh, believe it or not, yes, he does have toys, is a little toy boat that we like to put his food in. And so we actually will put that into the boat and then kind of get his attention so that he'll come up and play with us and we'll give him the boat so he can usually kind of. Uh, similar to if you've ever seen those old movies with like a kraken and he takes the boat and drags it down but it's you see him try to figure out like how to get to the food with his arms and it's uh it's a lot of fun and all the time you know we're messing with his arms as well so he's getting extra stimulation on top of the food and the boat so this is pretty cool i mean it sounds like he's he's just very interesting to watch him in action and, and he really needs a lot of stimulation Oh, yeah. It's fascinating, too, because it can be a day-by-day difference. Like, maybe today he's not feeling it. He's sleepy, so he's just napping in the corner. But what other days he'll be zooming and swimming around the tank and just begging for attention. This sounds like the most interesting job. We've talked about your favorite animals. What's your least favorite animal to deal with there at the St. Louis Aquarium? Mm, Well, that is a tricky one. I would probably say the ones that definitely uh, make me nervous are probably our sea nettles or our lionfish, just because uh, they are very venomous with their, well, with the sea nettles, they sting with their tentacles, but our lionfish have uh, dorsal spines that are venomous. So anytime I'm handling or have my hands in that exhibit, I'm definitely very aware of where they are. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's fair. So you do sometimes have to put your hands in that exhibit. Oh, yeah. The maintenance still needs to be done, so we do have to do that. Well, it's good to know it's not just all the glamour of playing scuba cloths. There's also a few downsides to this job. You get to watch the uh, octopus get stimulated. You also have to watch out for the nettlefish. Logan Philpot, I'm sure you hear this a lot, but you have a really interesting job. (laughs) Thank you. I do hear it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. And Logan is a biologist. He's also Diver One at the St. Louis Aquarium at Union Station. This December, he is starring as Scuba Claus. This episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering by Aaron Dorr and production assistance from Jane Mather Glass. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. 
and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.